Welcome to Radio Worldview. I'm August Huckabee. The Radio Worldview podcast exists to teach students to live and think with a biblical worldview so that they can serve Christ and lead the culture. Tune in every week for perspectives on the arts, current events, and how to apply a biblical worldview to every aspect of reality. Thanks so much for joining us. Hope you enjoy the show. All right. Well, welcome on the podcast, Mark. Thanks for being here. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Yeah, it's good to have you. Every so often we get you down at the Abbey to guest teach. And what were you teaching on this week? So this week I was looking at metaphor, and we illustrate the power of metaphor by reading an essay of Mark Jarman's and also a short story by Flannery O'Connor. Okay. And by the end of that, the students have gotten a really good exploration of uh Really, I think the most powerful concept in making art. Metaphor. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, today we're going to be talking about on the podcast three steps, I guess, to revising your writing. So as I've talked to you about a little bit before, we've gone through a couple, um, a few different podcast series that are designed kind of towards writers and artists, whether that's music or novels or anything. And we wanted to talk through a few kind of principles for revising your writing. So we've talked about kind of a first draft. We've talked about self-publishing. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about revision now. So Yeah, I think revision is maybe the most important step in the process, which might sound crazy. But mm-hmm. personally, I think that revision is more important than inspiration. Mm-hmm. It's more important than a lot of the stuff in the creative process that gets all the attention. Because people think of revision as unglamorous. Right and uh, hard work. It's true. Uh, yeah. yeah, and and not only is that what they think, but that is also the case. Like, the, it is hard right. work, and it is pretty unglamorous, mm-hmm. and yet I think revision is where the real magic happens, and it's where you are formed as a writer hmm. in that process of revision. So for me, the most important thing is committing to the act of revision. Hmm, Okay. So what do you mean? Uh, what do you mean by formed as a writer? Can, are you going to go well, into that later? Yeah. So think about it this way: um, you don't become a writer by taking a class on writing. You become a writer by writing. By doing. Exactly. Yeah. But like in anything else, you can do something over and over again and not learn how to do it well. True. You know, there are people who have spent their lives doing the same things over and over, but not improving. Mm-hmm. So. You have to do it, but you also have to improve at doing it. And unfortunately, writing is one of those processes where it kind of has to teach itself. Like no one can really teach you how to improve as a writer, Hmm. but revision can. The act of revision teaches you to become a better writer. That's what I mean when I say it forms you, because the more revising you do, the the more you will internalize these writerly habits. And the good news is that the better you are at revising, the better your first drafts become mm-hmm. so that you need less right. revision sure. over In time because yeah. you've, you've kind of learned to incorporate those things into your initial writing right. process. You can overcome your weaknesses kind of at exactly. a faster rate. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So when people listen to the earlier podcast about finishing your first draft, mm-hmm. I think... I, I love the idea that this gets added on to that mm-hmm. because usually what happens is you finish your first draft, you're so excited yeah. that you have finished that it's like, okay, next step, publication. Sure. I've seen this throughout my, my writing life, whether it's uh, sitting in creative writing workshops, reading other people's work, or being an editor, uh, reading people's work for publication. 
a lot of what people think is finished is really just a first draft and has all the hallmarks of a first draft. Mm-hmm. Like it's finished and that's good, but it's not all that it could be. Like sure. it, it needs a lot of improvement. And so I think this isn't one of my rules for revision, but, but you might think of this as the pre-rule, like mm-hmm. the, the place you start at, and it's just slow down. Right. You've finished a first draft and that's wonderful, but you're not done. Right. You've got more work to do. You have to do some revision next. Yeah. And the revision is where the real writing is going to take place. So no matter how good that first draft is, where it's going to become great is in the revision process. Right. Yeah, I used to listen to a podcast called uh, The Moment with Brian Koppelman. Mm-hmm. He's a screenwriter. He's written several TV shows. And he would just talk a lot about that process. And he, he kind of said something similar where basically he said, my first draft, I try to be very open. I try to be consistent and and not be like not have any shackles upon the creative process like have a direction but also be willing to be open with it but then he said it's revision where he comes at it with basically a scalpel and a chainsaw right and it's just like that's where you you really hone it down and you and you get all the questions about who your audience is about who who you're going to be pitching it to what you're trying to say with the story that's where you really refine it and ask those tougher questions um, rather yeah. than just getting the story on paper. I mean, we're recording this at the very beginning of December. And, of course, November is National Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo. And we've had a group of students at the Abbey who've been participating in that. We have some who uh, met the 50,000-word count, others wow. who didn't get to 50,000, but they did get a lot written. Mm-hmm. The thing about it is, once you've done that, the work isn't over. Right. Right. Now it's just beginning, especially if you've written all of that stuff in one month. It's not all going to be good. Right. There's going to be a lot of stuff in there that that doesn't need to be there. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to hone it. And as the screenwriter said, that honing process is actually going to teach you your story. Mm -hmm. And you're going to figure out what's essential and what's not. You're going to figure out what's missing and you'll be able to do something about it. So that that takes me to my first I guess we could say lesson or yeah. rule mm-hmm. of revision, which has to do with this. It's, it's just summing it up, I would say, pay attention to the sentence level and the story level. Just keep those two things in mind. When you revise, you've got to think sentence level and story level. Okay. So sentence level is going to be the details, right? That's, that's the words on the page. But the story level is the zoomed out structure, the stuff that's invisible until you start thinking about it and mapping it out in your mind. And in revision, you're kind of going back and forth between those two things, right? Because you want the story to be as good as it can be and for all the pieces to fit together. But you also want each individual sentence to be uh, honed. Mm-hmm. This is also the the rule that's important for all kinds of writing. So if I'm writing poetry, the story level may feel uh, not as important as the sentence level because sure. I'm just, you know, tweaking my, my wording, my lines. But, you know, in a poem, you have thematic material, you have images. And so there is a kind of story level, too, that sure. you need to attend to. The same thing with songwriting. Right. You know, the songwriting takes many different forms. Some some songs are more narrative than others. Right. But in each case, you have that that sort of two-level mm-hmm. construction where there's what's happening on the, the, in the upper floor. Yep. 
in the realm of ideas, but also just in the words, right. you know, in the play of language and, and the beautiful turn of phrase. Right. And so when you're revising, you're doing both of those things. You can take them one at a time if you want. I tend to be more of a work on it both at the same time kind of writer. Sure. So I'll focus on the sentence level and then I'll kind of jump up to the story level and back and forth. But the main thing is that, that you're focused on both of those concerns. Mm-hmm. It's not one or the other. Yeah. So Yeah, that's fast. So talk to me a little bit more about what that looks like regarding uh, a longer, like a book. Right? Yeah. Because with a, with a song, I totally get what you're saying. I feel like I really resonate with that in, because um, you think about what you're trying to say, how it comes back to like a chorus that is a little more broad usually than the verses are. And that even gets into almost syllables, right, mm-hmm. at that point, because you're trying to hit a meter, right, and make it all rhyme and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's very, very specific. And so I feel like with a book, that just seems like it's totally different because it's, it's a 50,000-word book, you know? Right, so, right. So how does that tie in a little bit? It's, it's analogous. It's just somewhat different because the scale is different. Sure. I think when we look at the sentence level, it's easier to see the connections. Mm-hmm. Sentence level is basically concerned with sound more than anything else. So if I'm revising and I'm looking at my sentences, I'll often read them out loud and just hear what they sound like the way that, that you would if you were planning to sing these verses, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. just want to hear How the voice, right, yeah. right, flow, things like that. Um, I'm wanting to make sure that the the words I'm choosing are the right words and that they are not uh, generic or interchangeable. But I'm also careful that they're not overly fancy, that they're not too ornate, that they don't call attention to themselves, things like that. Mm -hmm. Well, on the story level, you have similar kinds of concerns. It's just you're not thinking about words. You're thinking about ideas or plot lines. So in a novel, for example, you may have like one main plot, but you could have secondary stories that you're telling that are sure. kind of interlinked and that yeah. sort of thing. And as you're writing the first draft, you may be thinking of this stuff as you're writing it, mm-hmm. coming up with ideas. Suddenly it, it, it occurs to you that it'd be interesting if this side character had more development and got to have you know, more action in the story. And so you write something like that. When you go back and you reread, you may find there's there's a lack of balance or sometimes because you were excited by the idea, you gave it too much air. You devoted too much to it. Now you've got a, a subplot that's sure. taking up too much room and it needs to be dialed back in. Yeah. Those are the kinds of things that you're 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 becoming aware of as mm-hmm. you reread with revision in mind. You know, you're, you're you've got a lot of good stuff and you're in love with all of it. But you can't keep it all. Right. And you can make all of it better. And so you're just trying to figure out where's the balance. If uh, later in the book I have this incredible scene that resolves the action, have I set everything up adequately early on so that the reader can feel the force of it? Sure. So it's not just coming out of the blue, that sort of thing. Right. Depending on the kind of story you're writing, I, writing crime novels, there's also what you might think of as like the puzzle elements, mm-hmm. you know, where you have right. to think in terms of, have I given the reader the right clues? You know, have I been um, open enough to where when solutions arrive, the reader thinks, oh yeah, that's satisfying, mm-hmm. rather than feeling cheated by the experience. So sure. again, you try to anticipate things like that in the first draft, but you're, you're not going to get them all 
perfect. And right. so that's the, the story level concern. You might think of it this way. If, if the sentence level is about the sound of the story, the story level is about the structure of the story. True. So it's not so much a question of sounding it out as it is mapping it out. Right. And just being able to conceptualize all the pieces, make sure everything you need is there, and then ask yourself, what could I get rid of? Because in every case, you're wanting to tighten. Mm -hmm. You know, you're wanting to say more with fewer words. And so... Every writer's dilemma. (laughs) Yes, exactly, exactly. Like, everything is good. Yeah. But if you can get rid of some of it, what's left will be better. Right. And so that's the, the, the magic of subtraction. Yep. You can say it in three words versus five, you know, say it in three. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And, and, you know, every book will develop its own sort of rules. You know, mm-hmm. you, there's no kind of simple, like we always tell ourselves, you should always, you know, cut, don't add. Uh, whatever the first draft is, the next draft should be 10% shorter or 20% shorter, whatever. I don't think any of those things are hard and fast. Sure. You know, I think ultimately the story is going to speak to you about what it needs, but revision is the process where you develop that that feel, that sensitivity to the story and figure out what it's telling. Another thing that you can do in revision, and this is really important for story level, a lot of times when you're writing a first draft, it starts to flow. The ideas are just coming. You feel like the muse is just handing you this stuff. And the mm-hmm. reason is, is because you just saw this on a show you were watching. <laughs> or it's the plot of a book that you read, you know, five years ago or whatever. Yeah. And that's another thing. Happening something else. Exactly. Uh-huh. You know, you, people do this all the time when they're writing music, yeah. you know. And, and yeah. it's, uh, it's hard to avoid influences. Yeah. But when you are paying attention to the, the sentence level and the story level, you're you're catching yourself where you've leaned too heavily on other work, right? You know, right. and I've had to I've I've had that exact same thing happen where I'll I'll start a song and I'll be like, oh, this is starting to sound like this, and I'll I'll do one of two things. I'll either number one, I'll either shut the whole thing down and just force myself like to be honest and go a different direction, or I won't go listen to the song where I'm like, this sounds a little bit like this because I know if I go listen to it my brain will automatically start to make it sound more and more like it. Right. Right. So yeah. if there's a uh, familiarity that's at a distance, then I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll play that out and we'll see. Um, but sometimes you just have to be honest about it. I think cut. that's the reason why sometimes people are really direct in making references because they're aware of their influences and they feel like they're inescapable. So they right. might as well admit it. Call them out. There's mm-hmm. that classic police album synchronicity where... I think half the songs on the album are references to literary works. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder why that is. I was like, well, part of it maybe is if your inspiration is so directly drawn from other sources, you might as well just acknowledge them. Right. And and uh, build on them, mm-hmm. you know, which Less authors... Less chance of getting sued, too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. okay, so uh, that's the first one? Yeah, so that's the first one, paying attention to the sentence level and the story level. The, the second one is that revising often means rewriting. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned to write in the age immediately before word processors. Mm-hmm. So I'm an old man, and originally I did my writing on a typewriter, well, originally I did it by hand, but I was really excited when I had my first typewriter and yeah, could type like an adult. Time, yeah. The problem is, if you make a typo, 
then you have to retype the page. Wow. And so I was constantly finding myself having to retype whole pages in order to get things just right. And the thing is, I was never able to retype it exactly the same way. Because as <laughs> yeah. I was retyping, I would notice other things. Uh-huh. And then I would start huh. essentially changing the words. Yeah. You know, I would I would find a phrase I didn't like and I would replace it with another one or I would realize I should say a little bit more about this, so I would elaborate. And and that really messed things up because then all of my pages had to be retyped because yeah. none of them would, would fit together. Well, word processors solved that. But they also introduced the problem that that we now don't have any sort of built-in workflow that forces us to rewrite. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to recopy our work. But it's actually a really good discipline for the writer to get in the habit of recopying things and rewriting things. Because revision is not just about cutting. And it's not just about uh, tweaking here and there. Sometimes it's about reading what you've written and then taking another pass at it, mm-hmm. just doing a, a complete rewrite. Sure. The second draft may bear no resemblance to the first on the sentence level yeah. and, and may be better as a result. So here, I think, is where the advice gets hard because if you've slogged through a first draft, the last thing you want to hear is, great, now set that aside and write another one. <laughs> yeah, do it again. Yeah, and I'm not <laughs> saying you have to do the whole thing, but... The more you do, especially early on, the better I think the result will be because it's so much easier to fix things by starting over than it is to fix things by moving words around or Mm -hmm. or a little cut here, a little addition there. Um, You can do that if the problems are small. But when the problems are large, it helps to just go back over them. Mm -hmm. And, And as a writer, that's something that... I had to deal with, I just had to confront. And so in the history of my novels, I don't think there's a single one of them where there aren't what I call false starts at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And it might be 10 pages, it might be 50 pages, it could be more than that, where I've written something and I thought as I was writing it that what I was writing was the first draft and then I've set it aside and started over because I realized, no, no, this is all going to have to be rewritten. Yeah. Or worse, where I've written the whole thing, but it's not the final version. Mm-hmm. And I've then gone back and sort of rewritten and, and all that. So you don't want to have to do it. Yeah. But in every instance, it has improved the work. So, yeah. again, the smaller the work, the easier. If, if you're rewriting a poem it feels effortless, right? right? If, right. if I have to rewrite a few stanzas as a thought experiment, you know, if you said, Huck, great song, now rewrite it, mm-hmm. use different words. Mm-hmm. You might be annoyed, yeah, but, but you know, can do it. yeah, it's yeah. not the next year of your life that mm-hmm. you're committing to this. Right. And so the good news, though, is that once you've done this enough, you do internalize some of these instincts. So when I'm writing a first draft now, and I start going down a path that's going to force me to rewrite, something inside me says, hold on, you're about to make the same mistake. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should stop here and, <laughs> and assess you know, where you're at. Yeah. So as a result, my first drafts are a lot cleaner than they used to be. But they got that way because I did a lot of rewriting. Yeah. And I still do. I mean, I, I got to where I enjoy doing it and sure. I see the value of it. But sure. 
But so like I say, you're, you're paying attention to the sentence level and the story level, but you're also committing yourself that you're going to do a lot of rewriting, not just tweaking, yeah. that it's going to be more work than you think in order to get the result that you ought to get. Yeah. And I mean, maybe you can hear the thread, but I'm always emphasizing that, that writing is hard work and that it's not primarily about uh, praise or recognition or being a writer. You know, it's primarily about the act of writing and revision is where most of the act of writing happens. Mm. So if all of this sounds terrible and sounds like stuff that either you think you don't want to do or worse that you don't need, mm -hmm. to me, these are really good indicators that you're not thinking about the task rightly yeah. or that you're focused on, on um, the wrong things right. because there's no reason to be a writer unless you are obsessed with the act of writing and, and want to write as well as you can possibly write. Yeah. If you're just doing this for you know praise, fame, money, whatever, there are much easier ways to get all of those things yeah, and definitely. you should pursue those instead because <laughs> writing will just be an endless source of frustration unless you love these things that I'm talking about. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a really great. Um, that's a really great point. It's worth it in and of itself, and if it's worth it in and of itself, it's worth taking the time to do well, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. And to do poorly, right? I think as Chesterton, right, said, "If things worth doing, it's worth doing badly," and I love that quote because yes. it's just this idea of, yeah, it's worth doing poorly and then coming back and doing it right. Yes, it's worth doing badly, but process. don't try to publish your bad. <laughs> don't this, yeah. Chesterton certainly <laughs> didn't publish bad writing. So. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay, so those are your first two? Yeah, so my final one is maybe more of an admonition than it is a rule, but it's an important one. It's this, polish last. I think a lot of people, when they think about revision, think it's like polishing. Hmm. That I've done a first draft, but I know there's going to be a few things that need to be addressed. There may be some typos, yeah. uh, maybe formatting problems, whatever. And so revision right. is where I'm going to handle that stuff, but mm -hmm. it's not. Right. As we've already said, revision is about the heavy lifting. Like it's about getting the story right and the sentences right. It's not about making sure that your punctuation is correct. Mm -hmm. That's polishing. Yeah. And the problem with polishing prematurely is that if you have to go back over the work, mm -hmm. all of that just has all to be that redone. Polishing has to be redone again. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. So the the thing that you think revision is about, you actually have to press the pause button on and focus on these other things first. Mm -hmm. And once you've gotten your story really tight, and once you've gotten your sentences really sparkling, then you can go back through after however many drafts that takes and do the polishing. And, and that's not something you have to do over and over again. Like right. If you do that at the end, you polish once. Right. But do polish. Because so maybe that's the idea is polish once. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah, polish polish once. once, polish last. Mm -hmm. Like save it for last so you only have to do it once yeah. because it's important that you do it. And when you put that draft out there, whether you're submitting it to an editor seeking a publisher or you're publishing it yourself and putting it out there, by the time that's done, it's too late. Mm -hmm. So if it isn't polished, if the spelling is bad, if the formatting is off, if all of that stuff isn't the way it should be, that detracts from the work right. and it doesn't need to. The problem though is if I do those things too soon, every change I make afterwards has the potential to undo that polish, mm -hmm. but I'm not really conscious of it because I feel like I've already gone through and done it. Like the, the fewer touches at that stage, the better. Yeah. 
once I've got all the big stuff in place, then I can go through and get the fine details, everything just as it should be, and then I'm done, and I step back, and now you can look at it. Right. You know, and hopefully all of the problems are gone, mm -hmm. and, and, and all of the strengths are what's left behind. So, again, it has to do with discipline and order. Like, in the same way that, you know, we started by saying, slow down, don't think your first draft is your finished draft. Revision is about slowing down. Don't think polishing is revision, mm. right? Do all the hard stuff first and yeah. then pay attention to the grammar, yeah. the, you know, the stuff that has to be right, but can wait yeah. until you've gotten the big stuff sorted out. Mm. Good. All right. Well, that's about all the time we've got. Is there any other, any other things to recap, think through, resources to point students toward? I think once you've done your revision and you really feel like you've accomplished what we've talked about, probably one of the best things you can do as a next step is find readers, mm -hmm. people you trust who can take a look at your work and give you honest feedback on it so you can see if it really is where you think it is. Yeah. I don't think it's a good idea to just force it on anybody. I think you want to talk to people whose feedback you would trust. So if they say negative things, you won't yeah. just dismiss them. You right. won't get defensive. You'll think, okay, I've got to listen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that can be a process. But that to me seems like the right next step. And I'll say, don't do that before you've done this work. Like don't don't show people your first draft. Right. Try to get feedback and then revise. Yeah. Do It'll the revision first. Exactly. Yeah. Do the revision first. Uh, show respect for your friends. Don't ask them to read stuff that you haven't already made as, as good as you can possibly make it. Mm -hmm. And then be open to criticism, even if it means you have to go back and revise again and do the whole thing over again. Sure. But the hope is you've done the work and you don't have that. The hope is that those readers are like, yeah, this is great. You should get this published. Yeah, right. All right. Well, thanks again, Mark, for being on today. We sure appreciate it. Well, thank you. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks again for joining us. For more information about our Worldview Academy summer camps, go to worldview.org. And for more information about our gap year program for college freshman students, go to worldviewbridgeyear.com. Thanks again. Hope we'll see you soon.